in the game of basketball. Stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy. Welcome, everybody. Rebound Radio, Voice America Radio, 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Uh, I am Sans, Sans, Sans Matthew Edward Fish today. He is at an NBRPA, National Basketball Retired Players Association Conference in Vegas, um, planning out all of the new events that the NBRPA will have upon us for the next year or so. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Matt played in the NBA on and off for 10 years overseas. He is the Phoenix chapter president for the National Basketball Retired Players Association, and that is the foundation for this show, Rebound Radio. Rebound Magazine is a publication that Matt spearheads. Uh, he's the editor. He, he writes some things. Uh, it's a culmination of pretty much just former players and their stories. That's what this this radio channel is about we have former athletes on all the time. We had Brian Grant on last week or two weeks ago. Um, Matt does a really good thing, and Matt is not well known for it around the world, but in one of the major markets in the United States, Phoenix, Matt puts on charity events, he puts on camps, he puts on life skill events, he's uh, putting together this uh, this financial literacy app called Schooled with a bunch of L's. I'm not exactly sure how to spell it. It's going to be rolling out next year at some time where kids can learn lessons about you know saving money and in the proper ways to spend money when they have it. And yes, we're starting with middle age kids here or uh, middle school age kids here. Um, and if you pass certain levels, it'll unlock grants for school for college. And it's not you know you have to pay nine dollars a month uh, to subscribe and and then you know you can get money maybe. Uh, this is a completely free app, and it's used in an effort to um, just bring awareness to saving money even when you're young. And it's something that gets overlooked a lot, and that's one thing that Matt um, is the driving force behind. So look out for the ne- look out for that in the next uh, six or eight months. We're going to talk a little NBRPA. We're going to talk a lot of NBA today. Um, I've had a lot of bottled inside uh, for the past couple weeks. I watched the Clippers last night lose to the Memphis Grizzlies. At home, uh, I'm going to probably take a whole segment and talk about them because they are everything that is wrong with the NBA right now. Uh, the NBA has no balance. And I think that a lot of people you know, over the age of 40 that were uh, in tune, young but in tune with the NBA game in the 80s and even in the late 70s you know, with Magic and, and Bird and Jordan later in the 80s and into the 90s where you had a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, a power forward, and a center. Now... You have guards and front courtsmen. The one and two, the point guard shooting guard is is has dissolved into one or absolved into one, dissolved into one. Uh, there are no real true point guards anymore. You can name them on one hand. Chris Paul, Rajon Rondo, uh, you know, you can't even say Kyrie Irving because he doesn't average over eight assists a game. He's scoring driven, uh, albeit through an offense, but still scoring driven. Steph Curry's a shooting guard that's playing point guard, and the list goes on and on. Russell Westbrook, James Harden. I'll talk about both of those guys a little bit later as well. Since 2012, there has been no center position voted for in the NBA All-Star game. 
just think about that for a second. So let's talk about the 80s for a second. You know, uh, you can go with Robert Parrish and just list goes forever. You go into Akeem. In the 90s, you have David Robinson, dominant centers that always were the starter in the All-Star game as a center. Now, it's three big dudes and two little dudes. That's what people are voting on. And that's the major issue with fresh water, which is now, and salt water, which is the older generation, the 40s and up, 35s and up. And we might be hitting a desalinization point soon. The viewership will be skewed more than ever, probably towards younger generation. I talk with my dad about this all the time. He won't even watch the NBA. He brought me into the world of the NBA and he can't even stand it. He can't stand 130 points, no defense, and a bunch of three-pointers being shot. I understand there's progression in any sport, any sort of business, anything. Innovation is always mocked. I get it. But nowadays, in the world of social media, in the world of everything, where every single momentary breath is being captured in some form, everything is going to be exacerbated, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing two different schools of thought. I'm shifting this more towards the front office and the players. And you have the head coach, the poor head coach, and the general manager that's in the middle. You want to win games, but the way to win games now is not the way you won games 15 years ago, let alone 10 years ago. Ever since Shaq left and Dwight Howard became the heir apparent, which he has miserably failed at, the game has changed. Some like it. I mean, it's fun for SportsCenter. You know, it's fun to watch highlights and, 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 uh, and reels on YouTube of guys that were in college and now we're blowing it up in the NBA. People forget that Russell, Wilson, Russell Westbrook didn't even start in the, at UCLA. People thought that Oklahoma City was crazy for drafting him that high. But people draft talent and freakish raw ability that can be molded more than the Tim Duncans. Hell, Kawhi Leonard, if he wasn't, if San Antonio didn't trade up to get him at 16, I think it was 2011, 2011, he could have dropped into the the early second round. They got Kawhi Leonard for George Hill, straight up. And the only reason San Antonio thought about it was because that was Pop's favorite player. Not counting, you know, the triumvirate. So things are changing in the NBA, and I saw it last night with the Clippers. We'll talk about that later. 888-346-9144. Alex Clancy in studio. Matt Fish is uh, out on assignment with the NBRPA. Russell Westbrook said something that pissed some people off recently. Doesn't watch game film. Rather play video games. You know what I say? More power to you. I understand that that's a... millennial standpoint, even though I don't see myself as one because I'm rational. LeBron James and Phil Jackson have hit the news recently because Phil Jackson called LeBron James's friends and business associates his posse. There are many different underlying thought processes on the foundation of that argument. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Clippers. I always harp on Carmelo Anthony 
but we're going to move it to the Clippers today. I'm going to run down their roster and how many top 10 picks they have on that roster. I know they're not all from this year. I know that they are transplants from other teams, most of them. But it'll just be interesting to see, and I'll compare them to the Cavs and the Warriors and their rosters and how many first-round draft picks they have and how much, they've, how much success they've had in the recent years. Blake Griffin has been in the league for seven years. What has he done? Punched a Clipper employee? That's the most important thing that he's done for his career. Albeit notorious. To me, that's the most important thing that Blake Griffin has done since coming into the NBA. That's got to say something. I'm not a Clipper hater. Listen, I'm a Laker fan. I get it. I also love watching good basketball. And they're one of the only teams left that still kind of have an old school starting lineup. But they're still the Clippers. And I think that Donald Sterling's cloud will always give them bad luck as I hope it does. 888-346-9144. We'll talk about that in the second segment. I want to jump back to the NBRPA real quick because this is why we're all here. So I like to tell this story. I'm going to tell it again. So I met Matt about six months ago. Matt Fish. Six months ago. Didn't know who he was. I mean, I knew he played in the NBA. I knew he played for the Clippers. I knew he was taller than me. By about a foot. Um, sat down in an office with him. I got introduced like a like an arranged marriage. Like, I think you guys would work well together. Okay, well, let's see. So we sit and talk, and within the first five minutes of us in the room together, I was in. The fiery passion that he has after leaving the game, where he didn't make a, a lot of money, he was in that weird... Uh, that weird range of years from 95 to 2001, right on the cusp of players starting to make real money, even even uh, role players, veteran players. You know, the veteran minimum, I think, is now, what, 5 mil? I think it was 3 million seven or eight years ago, so it's still a chunk of change. So Matt didn't make a lot of money in the NBA. He's the first one to say it. But that's not why he's doing what he's doing. Like, he's not doing all of the charity events and all of, uh, you know, all the camps and all the things for the kids, teaching them about financial literacy, teaching them life skills. He's the perfect person to teach about life skills because he got there. Who the hell gets there? A kid from a small town in Iowa gets offered a uh, scholarship from UNC Wilmington. When he gets the call from UNC Wilmington offering him a scholarship... He said verbatim, for what? He didn't even know he was going to play basketball, but he was a smart kid. He did well in school. He was a four-year guy there. He graduated. And he's gone back and got two master's degrees afterwards. One in education and one in business. So what he's doing now is everything he knows. Teaching kids about life through an aura of basketball with a nuance of basketball, which is what his life has been. He played in the NBA 10 years. I think he's 44 now. 
So for his, a quarter of his life, he traveled around the world playing the game he loved, even though he didn't know he loved it until senior year of high school. And now he's one of 11 chapter presidents for the NBRPA. He's in meetings constantly. He's reaching out for sponsorship constantly to keep the National Basketball Retired Players Association going for players that are less fortunate than him. All of these things that athletes do, a lot of times, it's a, I'm not going to give a blanket statement, a lot of things that athletes do are selfish. And again, I'm not saying one name, I'm not going to say any names. But the beautiful thing about the NBRPA and why I was in five minutes after Matt and I initially talked, first time we met, was because I saw that this radio show could do some good. And I had to learn quick. I had to learn, I had to do research. I didn't even know what the NBRPA stood for. For the first three shows, I couldn't even say it. That acronym was the, that was like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Nailed it. Took me until I was 15 to be able to do that. So I guess my, my track record's a little better now. But Matt is always traveling, always doing great things for this cause of former athletes trying to help current and newly former athletes who need guidance financially, uh, uh, marriage-wise, trying to build a charity of their own so they could help other people. So Matt does all that, and he works with kids. Doesn't get paid for it. Travels all around, drives all around Arizona, travels all around doing camps, working with former athletes for the greater good of kids and former athletes alike. And when it really comes down to it, never has a former athlete and a middle school kid, teenager, been in the same ballpark. The parallels of Matt working with kids and working with former athletes in this through this avenue are immeasurable. There are these guys that maybe made some money, maybe made a lot of money, and then now are broke for one reason or another, bad investments, you know, poor choices when you're 21, 22, and you have millions of dollars. They're coming to people who know more about the subject than they do, and they need help. And with the kids, it's more, yeah, let's go play basketball, and then they don't really think about the life, the life stuff because they're kids. And, but these athletes, you know, it's more, hey, I need help, help me. But it's in the same kind of arena. And that's why I stood up, I had to step on a damn chair to see him eye to eye, but I did. And I didn't, I didn't. And shook his hand and said, Matt, anything I can do. And the rest is, we're moving forward and, and things, are, um, things, are, things are moving. Things are moving in the right direction. And if you listen every week, we talk every week about a new up-and-coming thing that the NBRPA is doing. I don't have one of those today because Matt is in uh, meetings right now, but next week we'll be chock full. So I, I always like giving a little background about me and Matt because it's uh, – or Matt and me. Uh, it's, it's just nice to, to build a little campfire around what we're doing here. All right, enough of that. I gave Matt his dues. I hate the Clippers. I hate the Clippers. I hate the Clippers. And this is why. They're 10-2, and two, okay? 
best record in basketball. And everybody is going ape whatever, ape poop, going bananas, going nuts over this record and how well they're playing and everything. Okay, that's fine. I have two comparisons to the Clippers. I thought about this because I wanted to really pinpoint it. The Clippers are like the defensive back who almost intercepted a ball but pretended like he didn't ran around like a crazy person. And the crowd went nuts and everybody was happy and, oh, yeah, it's our ball. And then he gets called back upon further review. The Clippers never look as good as what they make you think they are. And then my favorite one is the Bluth family. First of all, for those of you that haven't watched Arrested Development, watch it. It's genius. Jason Bateman's a god among men. Jeffrey Tambor. For those of you who don't know, and I'm going to spoiler it, I'm going to spoiler it because it's been like two decades, so um, catch up. They live in a model home. They live in the showroom home around desolate land for where other houses are going to be built. So the fruit bowl with all the apples and oranges and lemons and stuff, they're fake. They're fake. Okay, so they look great. And I'm going to continue this metaphor on the other side of the break. Alex Clancy, Rebound Radio. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Alex Clancy in studio solo today. Matt Fish is abroad in the wonderful confines of Las Vegas in meetings, I'm sure building churches like people do there. I don't think they do anything else. 
888-346-9144. Welcome back to the I Hate the Clippers line. Uh, I was just talking about Arrested Development. Uh, again, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Uh, Jason Bateman, I mean, the, the whole list, the list goes on and on. Michael Sarah got his start there. There's always money in the banana stand. Uh, you got to watch it. Anyways, so, I uh, Hate the Clippers, back to it. So, um, the Bluth family lived in a model home of which none of which nothing seemed real like it looked. So again, I was saying before the break, the fruit wasn't real. Um, at one point in the second season, the floor started to melt, I guess. It started to separate itself from, or sink, that's what it is. It started to sink away from the rest of the house, just like the Clippers do. The foundation always looks good until somebody steps on it. It always looks fantastic in pictures, but when execution is involved... Falls flat. So last night, uh, Golden State or uh, Memphis, I believe, was up eighty six seventy towards the midway point of the third quarter. Uh, the Clippers go on this huge run. JJ Redick hits six threes in the third quarter, five or six comes all the way back. Uh, I think they tie the game going into the fourth quarter uh, with about ten minutes left. Everybody's going nuts at Staples Center. Yeah, everybody's going nuts. Clippers, they're good. And then Memphis scores five straight points, just like bam. Three-pointer, steal, layup, timeout, Clippers. It's a little microcosm of what me, as an avid basketball fan, gets to enjoy when I watch the Clippers. Because yes, they made a comeback against a far inferior team. J.J. Reddick goes nuts, I get it. Okay. Again, uh, Blake Griffin's been in the league for six years. Six. So this will be his seventh going into 2017. I hate how how uh, sports go 16-17 because w- when was the NBA champion? You're the NBA champion of 2015 or 2016 because that's when the finals happen. I don't like it. So the Clippers' first-round draft picks on the roster now. Blake Griffin, first overall, 2009. Chris Paul, fourth overall, 2005, out of Wake Forest. That was a stacked draft, and... um. I understand he went to New Orleans, but we're, we're talking about first-round top-10 talent that they have now. Excuse me. Wesley Johnson, fourth in 2010, awful pick. I get it, but still a first-rounder. Jamal Crawford, eighth in 2000. I know most of you think it's 1900, but it is 2000. He is still walking and not in a wheelchair yet. Raymond Felton, fifth in 2005. J.J. Redick, 11th in 2006. Austin Rivers, 10th in 2012. List goes on and on. With this talent and the all high and mighty uh, Doc Rivers' head coach, who had an under 500 record before the big three were constructed by Danny Ainge, People choose to forget about that. He was almost out of basketball coaching. But lo and behold, let's get Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Doc Rivers, you're worth $100 million. Thank you for your services of saying break before every timeout is over. The only reason why they won that many games was because of Rajon Rondo. Maybe that was the last championship winning team that had any sort of semblance of a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center makeup. I know Kendrick Perkins was undersized, but he played a lot bigger than, than his size. So, now, what did the Clippers do? Okay. Contracts are expiring. 
Steve Ballmer is now questioning his decision. I know it's early. Former uh, CEO or, or part owner, or whatever rich dude from Microsoft. He came in in his you know horse with the, with the black stuff on it and his his knight's gear. He's like, I will come and save the day from the racist. Okay, so it's fun now. The regular season is fun. It was fun last year. Uh, they gave up a three one lead to Houston, I think, two years ago in 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 a playoff series. The Clippers, until I'm proven otherwise. And this would be a crazy year because every single record has been broken. Cubs, 73-9 and nine last year. But it's, it's last year, but it's this year. You see the confusion? Because 16 and 6. So now this, of course, will be the year the Clippers win the championship. But I think that Steve Ballmer's kind of looking at his $2.2 billion like, oh boy. I mean, I'll make some money. I mean, there's no question about that. I'll, I'll make some money. Now we can charge Laker prices from the you know early and late 2000s for Clipper games. So, I mean, we'll make money. But is this fool's gold? That's in the back of every Clippers, head, Clippers fan's mind. Is this fool's gold? Because it has been. If you can't pull a crowd in San Diego with that team that they had, you got to move back to LA. Not a great start in the 80s. Not a great start. So, now, let's look at the NBA Finals rosters from last year. Who they have this year. I'm not going to go back and, and, and decipher between who's on what team and who's... The main focal points of these teams are still there. Start with the Cavs. First round picks. LeBron, first, 2003. Okay. Kyrie, first, 2011. Tristan Thompson, fourth, 2011. They got lucky twice. They had a pick. They had somebody else's pick. They were supposed to pick, you know, 10th or 11th. They ended up getting first. A lot of people think that this was David Stern's red carpet into LeBron coming back. We won't talk about that today. Richard Jefferson, 13th overall, 2001. And uh, the reason why I talk about him is because he had a very focal job in the playoffs last year with all the injuries they had. He was their MVP through the first series and a half. So that's why I put him down there. Shout out to the old dude. Channing Fry, 8th, 2005. Probably a little uh, lofty. I think he was drafted by the Knicks. And then Kevin Love, 5th in 2008 to Memphis. And that was the greatest trade in Minnesota Timberwolves history. Trading OJ Mayo for Kevin Love on draft day. So you look at them. Okay, they won a championship last year. So you add James Jones, you know, Mike Miller, I think, was on that team last year. You have guys that have been there before, but they were never the, the main uh, cog in any sort of machine. So it helps. They're called role players. Say it with me. Role players. Because those role players are now making $90 million. And if you're making starter money... You don't have the same drive as you did before when you were making five mil sitting out the end of the bench being uh, Jack Haley, I think his name was, that played with the, the Bulls that was giving, getting $500,000 to sit next to Dennis Rodman. I think you went to San Antonio after. Now when you are making that money, it's like, ooh, do I have to practice this hard? Do I really need that next contract? You don't. So role players are what LeBron is smart enough to bring in. Yes, LeBron, the GM, the head coach, yes. 
Golden State Warriors. Let's look at them. Steph Curry, 7th in 2009. Klay Thompson, 11th in 2011. We're going to talk about him in a second. Kevin Durant, 2nd in 2007, newly acquired. Sean Livingston, 4th in 2004 to the Clippers before the horrific knee injury where it turned into, like, a checkers board? Something like that? Imagine your knee turned into a checkers board. And then, these names I've written down. Oh, Andre Udall, I know him. Ninth in 2004 to Philadelphia. Tell me if you know these people. Ian Clark. You know Ian Clark? Anybody? Facebook Live know Ian Clark? No? Um, Tomas Michael McAdoo? Or James Michael McAdoo? Whatever. They're probably brothers. Do you know anybody know who he is? No? What about Damon Jones? Anybody? Well, we can play one of those things is not like the other. One of those was drafted 30th this year, and the other two were undrafted. So, a little top-heavy there. Could be a problem for the future with Golden State. So, you can only play five guys, right? Okay, one, two, three. So, Andre Godala is averaging 24 minutes a game this year. Is that going to diminish in the playoffs? He won the MVP of the finals last year because LeBron only averaged a triple-double two years ago. Ruined my joke because I messed up the year. Andre Godala is going to play 15 minutes in the playoffs per game, barring a blowout. Because this team, it's like when you play NBA Live or NBA 2K, whatever it is, and you turn the stamina off and you just play with your starting five the whole time and you score 200 points. That's what Golden State's trying to do. But in this case, out of 100, normally if you play video games, which I haven't in a long time, stamina, you probably leave it around 65% or 60% because it's still a video game, but you want it to be kind of real. And if you put it at 10%, it's like, I mean, people die after taking one shot, so you never want that. But you have 65% in the video game. And with this team, because of the injuries, Clay's had injuries. Draymond's been banged up, but he's a beast Albeit he kicks people in the kicks dudes in the nether regions, so minus two for him. Kevin Durant, foot and knee, ankle. Sean Livingston, checkerboard knee. Steph Curry, ankles and knee now. So you have to monitor minutes, but if you're only going to play a six or seven man rotation with people that can perform, how the hell are you going to win a championship? LeBron James played at 60% capacity all year last year, and they still won 57 games. Golden State is in a world of hurt that nobody understands right now. Because every game that they play, I'll give them credit, every game that they're supposed to win, they usually win against the Eastern Conference. And then LeBron, when they play on Christmas, LeBron will play, you know, 33, 34 minutes. But he kind of lets that go. It's a very Greg Popovichian approach. All the big games, you can have them. They're, it's regular season. Oh, it's December. You can have them. Sure. No, I'll sit Tim Duncan. Piss you off. You take, you know what? You win. Congratulations. Here's a trophy. Ain't going to be jacked at the trophy I'm going to get at the end of the year, but you can have your little trophy. I made it out of aluminum foil for you. Congratulations. Golden State during the playoffs and in the playoff run, where if any of these teams stay with them, they got to get the number one seed to get far in the playoffs. I, I mean, I. I they lost one game all year last year, and they, I think they've already lost two at home this year. I think they lost both 
I lied. They only lost one at home, but they lost the first game of the year to, Sac- to San Antonio. They lost by 30. Golden State's got to get the number one seed. They have to have everything work to their advantage this year like it did two years ago when they won the championship. No Mike Conley. Chris Paul punched somebody in the back. I mean, uh, no Kyrie in the finals after the first half of game one. They had the red carpet out knowing you're going to win the Oscar like Leonardo DiCaprio this year. He walked in, puffed chest, yo, I dare you not to give it to me. Yeah, this movie wasn't, wasn't my best. I, I dare you to give it to me. I dare you not to give it to me. That's what Golden State was two years ago. They were the most healthy team. But now realization has set in that injuries happen, and you just brought in, albeit not a big ego guy yet, although he's trending towards that, but you brought in another skinny dude that wants to take 25 shots a game that you want to score 30, 30 points a game. I understand he's been more efficient this year. Less shots, same points. I get it. But when I said I was going to talk about Clay Thompson, later, now is later. Clay Thompson's pissed. Clay Thompson learned a lot from his dad, Michael with, an, Michael with a Y. M-I-C-H-A-M-Y-C-H-A-L, I believe. Got traded from the Trailblazers to the Lakers in the playoffs in like 87 or 88 or something when they won a championship. They went on a run. Very humble. Not so much now. He's a radio personality in L.A. And he's... Oh, I'm not going to say he's gone off the rocker. So... Clay Thompson's learned a lot from his dad about how to be humble, how to be quiet, how to play basketball. 6'7", 230, with probably the sweetest standalone stroke in the game. Nah. We got two guys. We're good. Oh, we, we have our defensive guy, Draymond. Yeah. Afterthought. And this isn't like a Chris Bosh afterthought. Chris Bosh did not have even close to a third of a percent of the ego that LeBron and Dwayne Wade had. I guess rightfully so. LeBron came in as the heir apparent to Michael Jordan, the greatest player in the NBA. Fine, and he's lived up to that in my opinion. Dwayne Wade had the key to the city. He was the mayor of Miami. Chris Bosh was a quiet kid, went to Georgia Tech, played uh, in the United States' uh, hairpiece for seven or eight years. 25 and 13, nice player, if he was scoring 25 and 13 with any team uh, in a normal city to play basketball, he would have been a perennial all-star. You know, I mean, just just sponsors and everything. Take my money, take my money. But he, because he wasn't, he went to Miami, and they just kind of kicked him to the side. No, we got this. Yeah, you know, you'll get your 16 and 8 rebound for us, play defense. You got to be the rim protector. But... Yeah, you're not going to be on our level. And this was surprising to some people, not surprising to me. I got lucky this time, I guess. Clay Thompson is the odd man out. And he is the only one on that team that is efficient on both sides of the ball. Efficient. He's a B-plus on both sides of the ball. If they have a lockdown defender that can guard anybody and can also block shots while doing it, it's Clay. Clay's got a seven-foot wingspan. Draymond Green will rip the ball from you and rip your heart out, but he's not as malleable 
as Clay Thompson. It's not as long. So Clay, B plus B plus. Draymond Green, D minus on offense. I'll give him an A. Let's give him an A. Let's be nice. Let's give him an A on defense, okay? I'll give him a D plus on offense because, you know, when everybody else is shooting well and he gets an open three that I could hit with my foot, Steve Nash style, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him a, a half-grade bump. Full-grade? Half, D minus a D plus, full-grade? It doesn't matter. So D plus. Steph Curry, A plus plus on offense. Fine. The greatest bad shot taker in the NBA that we've ever seen. He's brittle. He's brittle. I mean, he's one rolled ankle away from being out for the year. So A++ on offense. Defensively, he's gotten eons better than he was when he came in the league. He was a feather when he came in the league. 6'3", 180 maybe, or 160 maybe. Now he's 185, all muscle. So he's done his due diligence in an effort to be able to be an NBA player and have his ankles and knees hold up. But he's still... If you put LeBron, if you put Steph Curry on LeBron, he will smile and go right by him. A hundred times out of a hundred. Klay Thompson will put up a fight. Draymond Green will foul out within two minutes. On the other side, I got a lot more to talk about, and I only got 15 minutes left. We're going to talk Russell Westbrook. We're going to talk LeBron James. Rebound Radio, Alex Clancy and Studio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Final segment, 888-346-9144. Alex Clancy in studio. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Uh, follow Matt at Rebound Talk. You can email him 
at mattfish at reboundmagazine.com if you want to um, learn anything about uh, Rebound Magazine, Rebound Radio, the NBRPA, all the stuff that he's doing with the schooled app for uh, financial literacy for kids. Got a lot of great stuff going on, so please reach out to us, social media, email Matt. Uh, he even likes funny videos. If you want to email him some funny videos, you can do that too. Mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. So Clay Thompson is upset. He'll never say this. You could tell in his post-game interview last night, tap the Rockies. He tapped those Rockies. Post-game interview, uh, reporter asked him a question, took a sip of that cold beer. So what does that mean? That means that he's going to get traded. If you think about it, Clay Thompson got, I think it was five years, 77 mil. That, that sounds correct to me. He's a bargain. With the new salary cap and all the TV money that just came in from the new TV deal. He is an absolute bargain right now. And what does Golden State need? Two solid B-minus role players. Guys that will do all the work that, Clay and, that uh, Steph and uh, Kevin Durant don't want to do. So, Clay's making 15.5 this year. That's nothing. That's nothing. Mike Conley's making double that. So, what do I think is going to happen? I'm glad you asked. Clay Thompson will be traded to an Eastern Conference team for a shot blocker that will add nothing to the offense and a defensive stopper of which there are three in the NBA now. I was watching the Memphis Clippers game last night. Mark Jackson still calls Tony Allen a defensive stopper. Tony Allen is 39 years old. And that's what we're looking to for defensive stoppers in the NBA now. Because it's all about team strategy and, and, and rim protectors and perimeter defense. But just like the mid-range game, the 15-footer, mid-range defense doesn't really exist anymore. It's either you stop him from shooting a three, force a bad shot and hope it doesn't go in, block a shot that comes to the basket, and rebound. Nothing in that gray matter that is 18 feet to about 6 feet closer to the basket. That's what it is now. So, again, Clay traded Eastern Conference middle playoff team like Indiana where, I mean, you can get a defensive guy and, and, and a guy that, that can block shots there. Charlotte, get Bismarck Biombo to protect the rim, which would help them. I never understood why they didn't go after Dwight Howard. And I hate Dwight Howard. I almost throw up every time I say his name. But he's a rim protector. He blocks shots and he rebounds, kind of. So... That's the button on that. Clay Thompson traded Eastern Conference team this year at some point. That's my bold-ish, sugar-coated prediction. Russell Westbrook doesn't watch tape. He plays video games. I said early in the show, more power to him. And I meant it. He signed a three-year, $82 million extension, I believe, to stay with Oklahoma City. Because he wanted to feel wanted. And he was comfortable there. He is the biggest man on a 12-student campus. 
No pressure. Make 27 mil a year. Chill. You know, get get the four seed. Get the five seed. MVP contention every year. Might be the first guy to end the season with close to a triple-double like Oscar. Never going to win there. In his mind, which is egomaniacal but correct also, I guess, is I'm doing everything I can do. And I know that that is a horrible attitude. I would never teach it at rec soccer camp. I don't know why I went soccer. Rec basketball camp. But he's saying, screw it. I'm going to get mine. I personally am good enough to facilitate, I mean, 15 wins, 12 wins. I mean, the win above replacement on that is null. You can't beat that. He's going to try to lead the league in assists because James Harden now is at, I think he's at 12.5 and Russ is at 8.9 or something. He's having 30 points a game, close to 10 boards, close to 10 assists. This is what will make him $300 million down the road. So it was calculated, and he, albeit a very loud and abrasive player on the court, he doesn't really show up refs like the Clippers do and like other teams do. I'm done with the Clippers, but I just saw it last night. They were complaining a lot. He gets excited when he throws, when he yams over somebody that he has no business yamming over, like last night, the game-clinching game clinching points was him dunking left-handed over a center. I'd scream, too, if I could dunk. I used to scream when I would throw it down with Kobe or whoever on NBA Jam or NBA 2K. So I get it. It's the same thing. This is a placeholder to keep him financially stable, which is very loosely defined. And also, a 246-game audition, barring injury, if he gets that far in three years. Nobody's going to OKC, and they know that. But those owners are wishing they would stay in Seattle now. Get some people to go to the Pacific Northwest. But now you're going to have... A lot of rolling hills, I think. I've never been to Oklahoma City. Here it's a nice place. But it's not the L.A.-born Russell Westbrook. So he's going to buy his time. He's going to score a lot of points, get a lot of rebounds, get a lot of assists, dunk over everybody in the NBA, all-stars, MVP consideration, all-NBA, everything. He's going to average 5.3 turnovers a game. Probably going to set a record doing that also. But he's going to get what he wants soon. He gets a really bad rap for being a cancer. I don't like using that word. A deterrent on the path to a championship. He's a, he becomes a pothole at some point that builds up over time. They were up 3-1 in the, in the series against Golden State last year, and he had a really bad three games. I will, I will acknowledge that. But he's still 1A to LeBron in the most 
gifted physically category in the NBA. It can't c- include Anthony Davis because I guess electricity has something to do with it, not lights, but the electric nature in which you play. Anthony Davis is closer to Tim Duncan than he is LeBron. He does a lot more than Tim Duncan could. He does everything, but it's not the same. Russell Westbrook solely can sell out stadiums. Anthony Davis can't. Yet, I guess. I'll give him the credit for it. But now, it's Russell Westbrook's team. Victor Oladipo, blah, blah, blah. Steven Adams, who's now the savior. Enos Kanter, who got paid $60 million. And uh, Arvidas Sabonis' kid, who's now... Oh, well, he's a lefty. He plays down low. We should covet him. It's not going to be this way for long. This team will be a lottery team within four years. I don't really think that's too far-fetched to say. I don't think it's pretty spot on. Russell Westbrook will not be garnering that jersey. But I believe he will stay in the Western Conference. Because he wants to stick it to KD. He wants the wrath of a thousand whatever it is. Not really a religious person. The, whatever. He wants, he wants no injuries and no familial destruction or anything like that. But on the court, he wants to punish Kevin Durant for leaving. He wants to obliterate Kevin Durant and everything he stands for. He's a quiet guy, though. Back to my previous point, three points ago. He's boisterous, loud, abrasive on the court. But he's a quiet dude. He dresses weird. You know, he's very, very fashion forward. I think that's what my sister told me it's called. Fashion forward. But he's, I mean, he's Jekyll and Hyde. Hear him in press conferences. If Kevin Durant could be more like Russell Westbrook with the passion that Russell Westbrook has on the court, they could have won a championship in Oklahoma City with James Harden back then, and that would have changed the makeup of the NBA as we know it. People see Russell Westbrook as being the Scottie Pippen to Kevin Durant's Michael Jordan. Stop it. Kevin Durant never wanted to be the number one as much as Russell Westbrook did. Russell Westbrook learned a brand new position when he came in the NBA. He played more than 22 minutes a game in the NBA like he didn't do in college. He was the... Uh, he was... The, He was the sixth man off the bench. He was the instant offense. He learned how to dribble. He learned how to pass. He learned how to be efficient from the free throw line, from the field. I know he's kind of wavering in field goal percentage now because, or has been, but he was shooting 37% from the field when he started, first couple years, when people first started really getting to know who Russell Westbrook was, 70% from the line. Now he's 87% from the line, shoots 44% from the field. But that's a far jump. That's almost 10%. He had to learn how to play the NBA game from a position that he never really played before. You always knew that Russell Westbrook was always the most talented, fast, could jump the highest than anybody else on the court since he was six years old. Went to UCLA. They had kind of 
they had a West Coast offense thing going, you know, back picks, and you know, you play defense. Sometimes you you you, you uh, morph into zone after you know after made baskets, things like that. It was an old school style of playing compared to what Russell Westbrook has done his whole life because that's how he got to where he is. He was always, I will stuff this down your throat because I can and because you can't stop me. So going into the NBA, I think he was drafted fifth overall, whatever year he was drafted. And he had to learn a completely different position. And now he's an all-star. He's been in the league, what, seven years? He is a different person now on the court. He can pass. He can really dribble. He can really handle the ball. He turns the ball over five times. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, if you have one Achilles heel as a point guard, I guess that's the one that you get away with. Magic Johnson averaged over four turnovers a game in his career. So, he had to learn a completely different game. Kevin Durant, all they said to him was, eat some ice cream. Eat some burgers. Put some meat on those bones. He was seven foot 155 when he came in the league. All he had to do was bulk up. He's pretty much played the same game. He has a little bit of a low post game. But Russell Westbrook is a completely different player. And that's why he will not be a deterrent to win the finals. Because he knows what it takes to succeed in the NBA. He had to do it personally first. And now, in the upcoming years, he will do it for a team. Gotta get out of here. Alex Clancy in studio. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Check out uh, voiceamerica.tv. Click on the uh, rebound logo that's in the smack dab in the middle of the homepage. Check out all the video that Matt and I have done in the uh, in the past couple months. Matt will be back next week. We will be back back next week. Rebound Radio, Voice America Radio. See you then. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.